and welcome to episode 14 of the Knit Actually podcast. My name is Becky and I'll be your host. Today's segments include actually finished, actually working, actually wearing, actually crafty, actually attending, a review, and a contest. So um, it's been a couple weeks since the last time we recorded and a lot of really fun stuff has happened. So I have a lot of really cool stuff I'm excited to talk to you guys about today. I can't wait to get started. I've been like counting down till I was going to have time to sit down and record. So let's jump in. Actually finished. I have a couple of finished objects this time through. Nothing super exciting um, until I get to sort of the layer segments. But um, I mentioned in the last couple episodes I'm working on some Rose City rollers for my cousin, Caitlin. Um, she likes to wear her socks mismatched, and that kind of works out amazing for me in terms of having lots of leftover um, bits and bobs of sock yarn. So I knit a second sock for her. Um, I knit it with the Western Sky Knits Twinkle sock in the rainbow bright colorway that I had left over. This was yarn I bought at Interweave Yarn Fest, and I knit myself a pair of socks, and I started these a while ago, and I actually ripped them out and started them again. I think I had cast on 52 stitches initially, because my gauge is loose, and I went ahead and ripped that out and cast back on it 56 stitches, and I tried the OMG heel in these. So as part of our September Socktober uh, knit along, I am determined to try a bunch of different heels and toes and things like that this month. So that was when I tried the OMG heel, and I really liked it. It was Less picking up of stitches than usual. I like the fit very much. I think that it is a heel that I would definitely use again, although I will get into in a little while um, some experimentation that I'm going to start to do with heels and toes that I'm pretty excited about. So that's the second of her socks. I did cast on um, just a little bit of some Lorna's laces that I have. I have two more sets of sock yarn sitting in a project bag ready to turn into uh, Rosity Roller socks for Caitlin. So that will be a lot of fun. I'll get into that a little bit later. The second thing that I finished is uh, last night I finished a pair of vanilla socks with some yarn that I had hand dyed. So this was a self-striping yarn and I had done a charcoal, a silver, a bright pink. I think the colorway is fluorescent fuchsia and then bright aqua. I had been hoping to do dark gray one color, light gray another color, and I got the stripes mixed up when I was dyeing them. But it it's really cute. So they go dark gray, light gray, pink, blue, and they repeat. And I love them, and I'm super happy with them. So that was really exciting. They've been on my needles forever. I've been, I'm easily distracted, you guys, so you guys should just get used to that. But the other day, I finally got the heel in them, and then once the heel goes in, you know, they're they're pretty much pretty fast off the needle. So I was very excited about those. I wore them around the house the other day. I These I did knit at a 56-stitch gauge, which, again, I had been knitting my socks before at 64 stitches. So uh, I feel like I have a much better sense of my gauge. They fit really nicely, and this yarn that I bought from Wool to Die For is super soft, and so I'm very excited about that. And those are finished. I think that makes 
seven pairs of socks this year. I want to take a picture of all of the socks that I finished for myself this year. And if it would ever, ever, ever stop being 90 degrees in Colorado, then I would get to wear some of them for more than just the mornings. I am so ready for fall. Today is September the 29th. I think I forgot to say that at the beginning. And it was 90 degrees this weekend. And I don't know about you guys, but once I stop being able to take the kids to the outdoor pool, I'm done with the hot weather. I don't like it. I would rather that it be 60 or 70 degrees so that we could comfortably hike or be at parks or things like that and go outside and I'm done with the 90 degree temperature. So here's to fall. I hope where you guys are, the temperatures are more temperate. It looks like we're going to get better weather here soon and I am crossing my fingers for that. So that's everything that I finished, but I was very excited about both of those little things. So actually working, I have quite a few things on the needles. The first is I have been very, very um, devoted to my True Cardigan by Hoagie Locatelli. So that is being knit out of uh, Madeline Tosh Longrider DK in the Raspberry Cordial colorway. It's a beautiful, long cardigan, really like a coat. Again, if it ever stops being 90 degrees, I'm hoping this will be my most of the year sweater. I have a Jenica that I knit out of some Madeline Tosh Chunky that I wear a lot as a coat, so I feel like this will be an alternative. And, and probably, I don't know if it's the color that makes me feel this way, but I feel like it's slightly dressier than the Jenica. Maybe it's just the lack of a hood. But I have made a lot of great progress. I think since the last time I talked to you guys, I had just joined under the underarms. And so since then, I have done, I think, six inches of the body of the sweater. And the waist in decreases are done, and now I'm starting for the increases for the hips. So that's coming along pretty well. The one thing that I'm starting to question with this sweater is the skein that I'm using I got to about the middle of the skein, so it's a beautiful dark purple yarn, and then it has, you know, like all the Madeline Tosh yarns do, has sort of shoots of different color. Some of them are um, a really nice raspberry-ish color, so there's shoots where it's pinker, and then some of them are sort of a blue, almost like a cornflower blue is what I would describe it as. And this skein that I am working with has quite a bit more of that cornflower than the two previous skeins did. And I'm continuing to plug away, but now I'm starting to feel like, oh my gosh, maybe I should be like alternating skeins. And a lot of times people will talk about with hand-dyed yarns, you should knit one or two rows of one skein and one or two rows of another skein. I don't usually take that advice even though it's probably great advice and I'm worried that this time it's gonna bite me in the butt so we will see I uh, felt the same way with my what's the name of that one my chic knits uh, mondo cable pulley that I knit out of Madeline Tosh chunky in washed henna and that I'm not sure it's washed henna that doesn't sound right but I'll post it in the show notes. Um, that one was the same thing. That's a beautiful dark red that I got from the Yarn Club from Madeline Tosh. And all, all of a sudden, one of the skeins had little shoots of blue. It's, it's beautiful. But I remember being very worried about that one as well. And frankly, I don't notice it when I wear it. So hopefully I'll feel the same way about this one. 
but I do feel a little on the nervous side about how this might look because it might have kind of a right around my tummy a section that's a different color. So we, we will see. I did listen to um, the Yarniacs the other day, and one of the things that they were talking about that I thought was really interesting, they had an episode that was talking about put-ups for yarn, and they talked about um, unwrapping a hank of yarn just so that it's the regular loop and then kind of snapping it so that it would go on the skein a little bit better. And I've never tried that, and I do occasionally have issues with skeins being wonky and tangly. So I thought that was really interesting. I'm looking to see if I can find the episode number for you guys. Um, but I'm going to guess that it was maybe episode 95, 94. Um, yep, 95. So the other thing that they talked about was sort of doing that, snapping those skeins, leaving them laid out in just the loop, the circle, you know, that a hank would be if you un unwound it before you put it on your swift, and taking a look that way to make sure that things were closely matched and looked good. So that's a technique I think I need to adopt, uh, but we will see. I will be heartbroken if I have to rip out some of this sweater. I really want to bring it with me for a trip that I think I have to take for work at the end of October. So fingers crossed that it will turn out okay. The sweater itself is gorgeous and the pattern super easy. Uh, there is just sections of ribbing and sections of stockinette, but enough change up that it's interesting and it keeps my attention. So really happy with how that's coming along and for at least a week since the last time I was Talking to you guys, uh, that was my monogamous knitting. I have been less than monogamous the last couple of days. So a couple of other things that have gotten some love for me this time through. I am knitting a scoreboard cowl. So this is a knit-along and pattern that I will link to in the show notes. And what you do is you have three different colors of yarn or two different colors if you want. Uh, that represent your team's colors. So around here we are Broncos fans. And you knit the score. So you pick one color that's the home team score, one color that's the away team score, and as the game go progresses, you just knit the score as it happens. So Broncos 7, Chiefs 7, Broncos 3, Chiefs 3. And you just kind of like knit along with it. And it's pretty fun. And we do watch every single Bronco game around here at my house because I have a 12-year-old boy. So it's a fun way for me to keep track of that. And he is super psyched about his scarf. So it will be a scarf, not a cowl. It's going to be crazy long because there are only three games into the season. And I think this thing is probably already two feet long. I haven't measured it. I am knitting it out of Knit Picks Comfy, which is a cotton acrylic blend. And I think for a 12-year-old boy, that's perfect. It's machine washable. It's really soft. It's not going to be scratchy or itchy. I really think he's going to wear it like obsessively when it's done. So that will be pretty fun. And the colors that I'm using are um, carrot and it's a royal blue. I'll have to look up the colorway name. And then in between each game, I am knitting the number of games in Hawk. So, for example, uh, this week I knit the score of the third game. And then I knit four rounds in this dark gray that's called Hawk. And that way it differentiates for him um, the start and end of each game so he can kind of tell. So I think that gives it a nice little bit of contrast. 
And by the end, when we're up to, what is it, like 16 games in the regular season, then I will be able to um, tell which one was which. So that's been a lot of fun. I was trying really hard to just catch up with that because I did not have it on the needles for the first couple of games. So this is my first time um, actually knitting along as the game happened. I had to order more yarn already because I don't know why I thought I could knit this in like three 50 gram skeins. So I ordered a heck of a lot more of the orange and the blue and around here Bronco colors will never go to waste. So that will be fine. And like I said, my son is excited about that. He's loving that. So I'm all caught up. Now I only knit that during the games, but that is also one of the projects that I am counting for the Down Cellar Studio uh, pigskin party knit along that I am participating in. So that has been a ton of fun. My husband's socks are progressing. I'm going to talk about those a little bit more in the section where we talk about the review, but I've got most of the leg knit. Kids and I went to see Hotel Transylvania the other day. Um, they loved it. I loved that they loved it, but it was definitely targeted at the kids. So um, I got quite a bit of the leg of one of his socks done the other day, and now I need to select a heel to put into those. I am definitely going to do something interesting heel-wise, but I haven't decided what yet. I'll get to that a little bit more in a bit. Um, I have a pair of vanilla socks on the needles for myself. So these are the hand-dyed yarn that I did for myself that was a charcoal gray, and then it's got a green, a pink, a purple, and an aqua. And this was the one where I was trying to do an eight color repeat, and the sections are not long enough. So they're really cute, but it's not self-striping yarn like you would think about where it's half an inch or so per color. It's basically one round around the leg per color, but I like it. I think that they're turning out really cute and I'm happy with them. Um, and I'm happy with the colors and I learned a lot from the dyeing experiment. So that's all good. I am knitting these on a pair of nine inch circulars. So normally I magic loop my socks and I decided because I found a very inexpensive pair of Chowgu short, uh, sock needles, at the Salida Fiber Festival to give that a shot. I really, I'm going to stick with it and finish this pair because then maybe I will get used to those short little itty bitty needles. The woman in the booth did tell me it takes some getting used to not having as much needle to hold across the palm of your hand. And I do feel like right now I'm sitting here knitting another project and I definitely use my pinkies to stabilize on both hands when I knit and there's just not enough needle to do that with these. So I'm not sure that this is the needle choice for me, but I'm excited to be kind of experimenting since we're doing this October thing. I think it was good to give it a shot. So happy with those. Maybe I've got four inches of leg done there, which is some progress. I, I was forcing myself to try to finish up those others because uh, I was so excited about them. So those are on the needles. And then the other new thing that I have cast on since we spoke last is I am working on a chevron baby blanket. So my son who is in seventh grade is uh, his social studies teacher is expecting a baby and he right away just volunteered to her that I would knit her something and I, I actually thought that was adorable and he was very excited so we picked out the chevron blank baby blanket 
And the one that we picked out, I'm going to totally mutilate this name, but it's a space tricot. I have no idea if I'm pronouncing that right. But there are a couple. There's a very popular uh, chevron baby blanket pattern from Pearl Soho. And I feel like I had heard on one of the other podcasts that there was a lot of like having to know exactly which row you were on at all times and that it was a different pattern for every row to knit that one. I might be misspeaking, so if I am, my apologies. But when I looked at that one and then I looked at the one that I selected, this one that I selected, it's just a two-row repeat. So uh, there is... You can look at the patterns. I don't want to give away any of the secrets there. But basically, there is a number of repeats with a miter decrease, and that's what creates the chevron effect. So you knit the rows with the miter decreases, and then you purl the other rows, and there's no memorization needed at all. It's super simple. I did, it's kind of set up with um, repeats that are about 22 stitches long, I think. And so I set up stitch markers for myself all the way across so that I don't have to do even quite that much thinking of it. And I'm pretty excited about it. I think it's really nice. This is also out of the Knit Picks Comfy. So cotton acrylic blend. The pattern does call for a cotton yarn. I wanted to do something that was machine washable, that was soft, and that was economical because this is just my son's teacher and I don't want her to feel like, oh my God, this kid's parents spent a zillion dollars. You know, I just feel like sometimes that would make a teacher feel awkward. So uh, the five colors that he picked are Hawk, which is a dark gray. other color it's something with a v vinca which is a purple and at first i was very worried because it is a purple that tends towards gray and the i let my son pick the colors and then i let him put them in order so the first two rows you label the colors a b c d e and a and b were this hawk and then the vinca and in bad lighting in the evening they looked awfully similar to me i'll tell you that i'm sitting here with my overhead lights on my desk right now and there's no question that they are different colors, but it is a grayish purple. It's lovely, and we don't know if she's having a boy or a girl, so I, I think he did a great job picking some really cool neutrals for her. So there's a teal, which is called Mariner, which is another color that I am using in that blanket for my cousin who's getting married on Sunday who's not getting a blanket on time. And then there's a light gray called Whisker, and a green called Peapod. So I think it's really great neutrals. It's very unique looking. I love that my kid picked it out and I love that he wanted me to do something for his teacher. He really likes her. She's one of those very energetic, you know, teaching middle school kids is a real gift that I do not have. And so I'm glad he's so excited for her. She's not due till April, but honestly, I am on the 7th of 17 stripes and I just cast this on on Saturday and it's Tuesday and I didn't even have that much knitting time this week so it's really easy really quick so worsted weight yarn that knit picks comfy is a very um, light worsted weight so it's it's not a real heavy yarn the pattern called for a size 9 needle normally I for a garment I would drop my needle size at least two but I did not feel like gauge was super important to me for this project and I really like it's just got a very silky feeling because of the acrylic and I like 
the drape that it has, and it's a little bit airy. I feel like the baby's due in April. She doesn't need a super, like, dense, heavy blanket. So the fact that my gauge is a little loose, and when you hold the blanket up, you kind of see through the stitches a little, I'm actually happy with. So this has been really fun, really fast. And I'm a little obsessed with it. I wish more people I knew were having babies so I could knit more of these, but... That's just kind of not where I'm at right now. So maybe my cousin who's getting married will have a baby really quickly and I can knit another. The other thing is, much like I totally, totally underestimated the amount of yarn that I was going to need for the cowl, when I ordered this one, I feel like I overestimated. So again, I'm on the second repeat of a couple of colors. I'm going to definitely get at least two more repeats out of each of these little balls of yarn, they're just 50 grain balls of yarn. So I feel like part of it is that it called for, um, you know, one each of a hundred grains gram skein. And that's just based on the cotton yarn that it called for. That must just be the put up. So I'm expecting I'm going to have extras in these colors. And what I might do, especially because I have a little bit more of the hawk, which is the gray, I might knit up a quick little sweater for my nephew who's going to be two, well, not till April, he's one and a half, um, for Christmas or something with the leftovers. Because again, for a boy, these colors would totally work. And I feel like if I use mostly that hawk and then I fill in with these fun contrast colors, I could make him a cute little sweater. And I really liked that flax sweater from Tin Can Knits that I knit for my friend Kat, who had her baby uh, several, several weeks early, but he went home today. And that could be a lot of fun. So anyways, that's been a project that's been super satisfying and very enjoyable for me. And I'm making great progress, which is always rewarding. So actually wearing, I feel like the temperatures in Colorado are completely wackadoo. I think it's really funny because... Facebook will do that thing, right, where it shows you, like, here's your memories from a year ago, and all my memories from a year ago are like, brr, and, oh, I'm so glad I finished those wool socks, because my feet are cold, and it was 90 degrees here on Sunday, and I am done, but there was an evening that my husband and I were heading out for dinner, and it was like 60, 65, maybe it had rained a little, so I went ahead and busted out my briquette, and I wore it, and I am really happy with this sweater, so again, this is an Alicia Plummer pattern that I knit out of some Madeline Tosh DK twist that I got from the Magnolia Society Yarn Club. It's in the colorway blue stowed. It's really pretty. And the drape of it is really nice. The weight of the sweater being in a DK weight. This was the first, might have been the first anything I had knit in a DK weight, but certainly the first sweater that I had knit in DK weight. And I like it because it it's got the warmth and the comfort of a worsted without the bulk, and so it made just a perfect little pullover, and I'm very happy with it. I'm very happy with the fit after I blocked it. It fits me really nicely, and it was exciting to get to wear that. So that was it. Other than um, trying on my new little vanilla socks the other day, I have not been wearing any knits. But it looks like rain and maybe a little chilly over the weekend, so fingers crossed that we're getting to sweater weather because I'm ready. So that's all, but hopefully that will become a regular segment now that we're out of the summer months and you guys will get to hear about the stuff that I have on. Uh, so a review. I'm very excited to have um, a review to do for you guys this week. So like I said at the beginning, 
It's been a couple of exciting weeks for me podcast-wise. Last Sunday, I sat down and I started to send out a bunch of emails to try to get prizes for you guys for this October knit along and the response was so lovely and so heartwarming and we're going to go through all of the sponsors in a little bit here but one of the people that I reached out to was Cooperative Knits because Coop or Cooperative Press I'm sorry Cooperative Press you hear them all the time on podcasts people are reviewing their books and they are an independent publisher Sharon Oki runs that business and she is in Ohio and they're an independent press that publishes a lot of knitting books and I think it's books that maybe would not find um, a publisher that was willing to print them you know in a traditional press house so they have great stuff I'm very 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 impressed with them and on board with their mission uh, Kate Atherley has some books with them the Double Knitting Book by Alistair Postquin, who I took the Craftsy class from, and then also the Interweave class from. He has a book with them. So they have some really great stuff. I would encourage you guys to check them out. But I reached out and I said, you know, I would love to do some reviews of some of your books, and also I'm doing this knit along, and I would love to do some giveaways. And they, like, immediately emailed me back. They're like, yes, we will put you on the list. And also, are there any books you're interested in? So I gave them a list of four, and boom, next thing I knew, they were sitting in my Ravelry library. So that was really exciting and fun. And these books, all four of them are beautiful. Three of them I've spent quite a bit of time with. There's one that I have not had quite as much time to review yet. But this week, I'm going to spend a little bit of time talking to you guys about Lara Neal's Sock Architecture book, um, which if you listen to podcasts, a lot of people have reviewed this book, so I know I'm a little bit late to the party on this one, but I thought it was timely with Socktober and the Knit Along, and the best part is they gave me a copy to review, and then they donated a copy as a prize for the Knit Along, so thought I would spend a little bit of time with you guys talking about the book. I have not read the whole thing, but I wanted to give you some details and get you guys excited, and then tell you a little bit about my plan for how I'm going to use this book uh, throughout October and the types of information I'll be bringing back to you guys from the book. And then the other three books, one of them is a uh, sock book. It's about big feet. The other two I'm going to keep as a surprise. Probably I will review them in November, but I will tell you right now that there are numerous things that I probably am going to cast on I don't know, like as soon as I'm done recording tonight. Um, but there are a couple of really great books and really got me excited. So by the time I get around to reviewing them, hopefully I will have at least cast on a couple projects from each. And we'll talk about those in November. But I have giveaway copies of all four of these great books for you guys. So that's super exciting. It makes me feel like the podcast is a little bit like official and real. And I'm excited about the idea to be able to give some things back to you guys. So Sock Architecture. Uh, this is a book by Lara Neal. I really think um, it's a terrific reference for anybody that likes sock knitting. So we talked quite a bit. We talk all the time, right, about Kate Atherley and what a genius she is with regards to socks. And so this is another fantastic reference. If you knit a lot of socks, it's just a huge amount of great information in this book. So the book is available from Cooperative Press for $16.99, I believe, U.S., 
and it's also available in hard copy from Amazon. So I have an e-copy, and that's what I'll be giving away at the end of October. Um, and I have to say that I really think that the ebook is terrific. Uh, I'm really happy with it. So I can't speak to if you were to purchase a paper copy, you know, what that would be like. The paperback copy is $23.35 on Amazon right now. But this book is just a treasure trove of information. One of the things that I really loved was right at the beginning, she gets a lot into the history of socks and sort of socks throughout the centuries. And so she's got a link even to a Pinterest board where she has posted uh, socks from different centuries, socks from the 1600s. And there are pictures of like socks from the MFA in Boston that were from the 1800s. She liked the embroidery on the leg and what was the embroidery there to hide from a seam perspective. There's all sorts of just really cool historical information about sock knitting and why sock knitting has developed the way it has. So I found that fascinating and I'm maybe 20 pages into sitting down and really cover to cover like devouring this book and that was something really interesting to, for me. One of the things that I really liked about this book is she does have some great sort of general techniques, much like the exact same swatching um, technique that Kate Atherley recommends in her book and recommended in the class in terms of swatching in the round. So that's very helpful. Again, my gauge can be a little bit crazy. So anything that can help me with the fit of a sock, the fit of a sock is so important. I really liked that a lot. And then she just jumps right into all of this amazing technique. So I tried to tally up, and I, my numbers may or may not be right, but she talks through quite a number of different heel and toe variations. So first of all, she gets into... Um, top-down socks and again that's how I generally knit my socks and so there's a diagram of the anatomy of a sock followed by a table that has I think nine different heel types and then it tells you well does that heel have picked up stitching or a gusset or short rows or grafting and hey is there a pattern in her book that uses that particular type of heel. And then she goes into detail and teaches you how to do each of these nine different heels. So my hope, we'll see. Right now I have on my needles the little socks on the tiny needle from Zelida. I have a pair of Western Sky Knits socks that I'm pretty sure I'm still on the leg. I have not put a heel in yet. I have my husband's socks. So there's three top-down socks where I could experiment with a different heel. Then I have this idea of these Roll City Rollers for Keatland that I'm doing for Christmas. So my goal is to try out as many of these heels as I possibly can and then come back and tell you guys what my experience is with them. Caitlin's not going to care if her socks have mismatched heels and uh, I'm excited to try them out on some of mine. So I think this could be really fun, and I'm going to try to knit up as many of those Rose City rollers using these different heels as I can. 
and toes too uh, before the next episode. So what she does in the book is there are these great little swatches where she just does, it's almost like that same thing. She just does an inch or so of stockinette so there's a little bit of a roll and then she jumps right into the heel and knits maybe an inch or two past the heel. And I think these look like maybe they're tried on a mannequin foot. But anyways, they are super cool, really great just demonstrations of what the different socks um, would look like with the different heels. So that's really cool. Then she does the set of toes that makes sense to her for a top-down sock. And I don't think I counted up how many of those there were. I apologize, you guys. I'm all yummy tonight. So um, then she gets into toe-up socks. And honestly, I've only done a couple of toe-up socks. But I feel like this book could convince me, between this and the Kid Avenue book, to give it a shot again. So there are a whole bunch, then, of toe-up socks. I believe there are ten different toes and seven different heels that she gets into um, just as options for a toe-up sock. And you guys, this book has 53 pages of reference material before it even gets into the patterns. And then there are 17 sock patterns in the book, and each of those is written both top down and toe up. So really 34 patterns. But before you even get to that, there's 53 pages of reference material. So it's a tremendous value for even if you paid the paperback price of $23 US, that's a crazy good value if you are at all interested in sock knitting. I cannot recommend the book highly enough. I think this and the Kate Adderley book are definitely fantastic reference pieces to have in your knitting library. And I am looking forward to really experimenting with this and trying some of these out and reporting to you guys the results. So I will commit to you guys that I think there are at least seven, seven socks that I will be experimenting with, and I will bring back the results here to the podcast and tell you guys all about it. So that is Sock Architecture by Larry Neal. Again, um, if you are participating in the Socktober Knit Along and posting your finished socks in the FO thread, then you have a chance to win a copy of this beautiful book. And I am really looking forward to giving this to one of you guys, whoever gets it is going to be super lucky. So next time I will review the other sock book that they sent to me. It's called Bigfoot Knits. And I have, this is the book that I have not spent as much time with because I'm completely enamored with the two non-sock books that they sent me. So I will spend quite a bit of time with that book this week and come back next time with a review of that one and also a giveaway copy. So before we get into all of the contest fun stuff, I was going to do a segment on um, actually crafty. So I've been doing some non-knitting things. I have had quite a bit of fun in the last couple of weeks with a couple different things, and I wanted to just tell you guys about them. So my boys are 12 and 9, and both really enjoy, you know, doing the kinds of things that I do. They like to, you know, find ways that we can have stuff in common. My 12-year-old has a, um, an issue with his digestive system, and sometimes it, it flares up on him, and he's been pretty sick the last couple of weeks. And so we had to have a couple of very, very, very quiet weekends at home. And thankfully, 
he is feeling a lot better now. But one of the things that I lined up for us to do while he was home and feeling yucky was we were working on tie blankets, right? So that's just a super simple thing that you can do with your kids, but we're going to make them for all of my nephews this year for Christmas. And I think my son is the oldest of all of the nephews, and so they all kind of look up to him. I think it'll be really special to them that Jack made them something. So that'll be kind of cool. So we were at the fabric store because we made my nine-year-old a minion blanket, and I had ordered that online from Amazon, the minion fleece, because I hadn't found any in any of the stores around here. Um, and I just needed a contrasting color. And then, of course, we get him into the store and he found all this great stuff. So he had found Star Wars fleece for my um, six-year-old nephew. And then we found flannel. We decided to make pillowcases. Then he had to have a set of Marvel pillowcases to go with it. Then he wanted a blanket, which he's going to pretend he does not know I'm giving him for Christmas. Because he's 12, and at 12 you can get them to play along like that. And then we're making Bronco blankets for three of my nephews. Um, we bought the material over the weekend, so we've got everything kind of um, cut out. And then my one little nephew is really not into any sort of superhero or the Broncos, so we're just making him a soccer blanket, which would be really great too. But that's been a lot of fun. We're having a really good time with that, and uh, he's really excited about it. My Younger son is pretty excited about making stuff for his cousins as well. And uh, one of the things that I did had been just cutting little strips with regular scissors. And that gets a little exhausting for your hand. So over the weekend, I had a really good coupon at Hancock Fabrics, which is one of the chains here. And so I went and I bought one of those rotary cutters and a little cutting template square ruler thing and uh now I've been cutting them with that and it goes so much faster and it's so much easier to make sure that the stripes are consistent and straight and all of that so the perfectionist of that loves me too I did hack my finger with the little rotary cutter so I'm not gonna let the kids use it because it is crazy sharp and I almost bled all over my nephew's soccer blanket so that was our little mishap but I'm pretty excited about that and then we're going to do some little pillowcases. So um, my six-year-old nephew is getting Star Wars pillowcases. I ordered some fabric from fabric.com to make minion pillowcases for my nine-year-old. Um, Jack and I did make Avengers. We got this really cool comic book fabric, um, and he wanted Avenger pillowcases. So when he was feeling sick and gross, that was something that we did together, and it made him just cheer up a little bit when he, he just felt lousy. So that was fun, and I'm going to make some pillowcases for my husband's daughters, and then for my nieces and my half-sisters who are little, um, I'm going to make drawstring bags like the project bags that I've been making for myself with some fun fabrics, and then I got these great adult coloring books, so they're real, you know, intricate for older kids or adult comic books. I got the first one at Michael's, and then I bought a bunch of them online at Amazon. But I'm going to put those in there with colored pencils and all that. My two nieces are heading to Hawaii after Christmas, and so I think they'll really like having that to go along on their trip. So that is one of the things we've been up to around here. And honestly, my holiday crafting is already in full swing, which I think is good because I don't like to be rushed at the holidays. The other thing that I've been fiddling around with a little bit is 
stitch markers. So I've got a little bit of a stitch marker fixation going on. I did make some stitch markers for Terry and Jen who are our contest winners last time through and that was really fun. I had just bought some really pretty beads that were on sale at Michael's and had some fun putting those together. And then I also was playing around with the stitch markers where you use the little chain links and then beads and glue to kind of seal them up. And I have a friend from my book club whose birthday it was. And so I just made her a little set of like 10 of those. And that was kind of fun. And so that's been really fun. But Art Beads have these amazing beads, mostly on clearance. And I ordered a bunch of those to play around with as well. So they are kind of a wooden bead with different little pictures on them. And most of them are like a centimeter or so across I got ones with sock monkeys, which are adorable. They had some with peacock feathers. There were some with like peace signs and owls and cats, because obviously I have a cat thing going. And so I had a, I'm really excited about that. I just got them in the mail the other day. I thought I was going to get some time to play around with those tonight, but I'm going to make like a boatload of stitch markers and then I'm going to figure out what to do with them. But I was really excited. I think I ordered some of them were on clearance for like three and four dollars for a string of beads. So I ordered a bunch of different ones of those and I'm excited to start kind of fiddling around with that. I used to really like beading. I made a couple of really nice bracelets for my mom. I made her one year. Um, she's always got reading glasses and one of those little beaded strings to keep her reading glasses on. And one year I made her a set of those with the birthstones of all of the kids and then when a lot of my friends were having their kids or kind of right at a point where they were done having their kids I made a bunch of beaded bracelets for different people with the cube sterling silver um, beads with initials and Swarovski crystals with birthstones and things like that so something that I had enjoyed in the past I have not done in kind of a while but I like those types of things and I have some of the tools whatever so that was really fun. Artbeads.com is where I got all that. I'll send you guys the link in the show notes. And um, as they get ready, I will be posting pictures on Instagram and stuff like that. I am going to make a set of stitch markers and donate them as a prize for Boston Jen's Down Cellar Studio Pigskin Party Knit Along. So I think they're getting some soft monkey ones because I'm pretty sure I bought out the soft monkey beads because they were so cute. So that's actually crafty, um, actually attending. So lots of really fun stuff to talk about here too, you guys. The first thing is um, just that and along that I'm participating in. So Boston Jen of the Down Cellar Studio podcast is doing her pigskin party. I've talked about this a couple times and I know a couple of you guys are definitely playing along over there as well. It's super fun. I was worried about the fact that I had all those things cast on that I wanted to finish, but you know me, there's never a shortage of stuff I want to cast on. So um, I did finish my first thing, which was that little Rose City Roller sock. But because I used the OMG heel, I got extra points because they're a sponsor. So I had a lot of fun with that. And then obviously this little baby blanket is something that I have cast on in the time frame for that knit along. So that will count. And um, my scoreboard cowl will count although I won't obviously finish that till the end of the football season because I have to knit it every time Broncos are on. So 
that's been really fun. I did uh, reach out to Jen. She's lovely and uh, offered to sponsor that. So I do have a couple of patterns on Ravelry and I offered up a couple of them free as prizes and then a coupon code. So if you guys are interested in all on coupons on that OMG sock or on a couple of my patterns, hop over to Jen's group take a look, sign up for her fun knit along, listen to her podcast because she is great. And uh, there is a coupon code over there if you're interested in a couple of my patterns. Um, so that's the first thing. The next thing that I will be attending is on the 21st of October, I am taking a yarn dyeing class with my friend Jen at Fancy Tiger Crafts. So very excited about that. The class is taught by Meg who owns Sleep Season Yarns and I met her in Salida. She seems great. Her work is beautiful. The yarn is gorgeous. I think I talked about this last time but Jonathan who runs MJ Yarns which you guys know that I'm a little bit obsessed with. Uh, he actually took that class when he was first learning how to dye. So that makes me feel pretty excited like I'm going to get a lot of cool techniques and I'm excited to go and step outside just learning from a book and really start to get some in-person practical experience from somebody who does this for real. And then I think uh, Jen and I have talked about maybe having a yarn dyeing like play date in my kitchen one day. So that should be pretty fun. One of the things I keep talking about sort of in my kitchen, I'm getting a little bit like worried about the chemicals in the dye and stuff like that. I potentially am overthinking this because I really do a very good job of protecting the surfaces and I only use um, the pot that I use for dyeing, which is an important thing. If you, any of you guys are thinking about playing around in your kitchens, go to the Salvation Army, pick up some secondhand pots because um, that will poison your family, I think, if you try to use dye pots then for food. But I did buy myself on Amazon for like $10.00 a little electronic sort of hot plate burner thing and I have an outdoor table that I'm thinking about either setting up in my garage or my basement just to be the dying station right I won't want to have it like upstairs the only thing I'm trying to think about in terms of the garage versus the basement is lugging water up and down because neither of those has any sort of utility sink and I don't want to be cold in the winter in the garage so trying to think that through but I'm really thinking about maybe I just need to steal a little space and and set myself up a place that is exclusively for the dyeing of yarn just like the pots are exclusively for the dyeing of yarn but that is um something I'm really excited about so that's in October the other thing that I will be attending is the uh, Boulder County Hand Weavers Guild show so that is at the Boulder County Fairgrounds and it's in November and so that is local to me it's like super close to where my kids go to school which is exciting um it's the type of thing that I can even drop by like on my way you know to or from picking them up um so that is Wednesday November 4th through Sunday November the 8th and I will definitely um stop by there when it gets a little closer I will let you guys know exactly when I'm going to be there in case anybody local is planning to come up for that odds are it would be the Saturday during the day that I would um, manage to make it over but you never know I might sneak out um, 
on my way to school pickup or something to check that out as well. Always a really nice event. Always lots of beautiful work from the local artists um, here in Boulder County. So the next event, I'm so excited because now I do have all these events that I'm going to and I feel like my little calendar is filling up. But um, Interweave Yarn Fest is in uh, March, end of March, beginning of April. So that runs March 31st to April 3rd. Registration did open up the other day. So if anybody is considering uh, Yarn Fest for next year, the class registration for the workshops is open. There is early bird pricing through January, so you've got like plenty of time. I really found out about this at such the last minute last year, and uh, some of the classes that I wanted were filled. So I was determined to sign up for at least a couple of them early. So I've made a couple of class selections, and I'm pretty excited about them. So I'm taking two classes in design this time. I thought that that sounded like something that I would really enjoy getting a little information about. Um, and so I am taking, gosh, I'm having a hard time pulling this up online right now. I'm taking one that is about jumpstarting your design career. And then I'm taking another that is on, it's a master class in designing. And it's a six hour class, I believe on the Friday of Yarn Fest. And it's based on a book that I own that is about, I'll link to the book in the show notes, but that is all about how to design sweaters, different design elements for sweaters. It talks about how to grade sweaters. So I really feel like this is something that I get quite a bit of enjoyment out of. I like to just sort of occupy my excess brain space with ideas about things I might like to design for myself to knit. And then sometimes if I'm happy with how they turn out, I would like to publish them. So those are the two classes I'm taking right now. Kate Atherley is coming. She's doing some great classes. There really are some amazing options. Again, this year, some really world-class instructors. And so I would encourage you guys to check it out. And if anybody is planning to go, please do let me know because I would love to catch up and meet up. They are charging this year for admission to the... Um, marketplace if you are not attending any of the workshops and I don't know um, if they did that last year because I did take workshops so I'm not really sure um, but the classes I'm taking because I did get this to load up on the computer are Building Your Design Career by Dora Orenstein and so that's on the Thursday that's Thursday morning of uh, the first day of the yarn fest and then the second class is on friday and let me pull that one up for you guys as well one of the things that's great about the event while i look for this is um they have all sorts of different things so depending on what you are interested in they have lots of knitting classes they have lots of great spinning classes i am not yet a spinner but they have all kinds of great stuff. They have great crochet classes. There are great weaving classes. So it's pretty exciting. Um, so the class that I'm taking on Friday is called the Design Masterclass. And it's Shirley Payton. And so that is Friday, April 1st, 9 to 4.30. And I'm so excited about having that much time to immerse myself in a class. I feel like even if I never design a single thing, just the amount that it would really teach me 
um, in terms of having um, that kind of exposure to design thinking, I, I feel like it will give me a better understanding of other people's patterns that I work with. And if I wanted to make uh, modifications or anything like that, I think that could be really, 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 really fun. So really looking forward to that. It's a long ways away, but I was psyched to get my registration locked in. And now I can start looking forward to that event. So you guys, the last several episodes, I have been teasing you guys about a super secret event that I have been planning here in Colorado. It is absolutely a local event. It's a one day thing, uh, but I feel like it is getting to the point where it's enough of a reality that I can start to share some of this scoop with you guys. So I am planning an event here in Longmont, Colorado in January, 2016, and I'm calling it Nitnosh. Um, Nosh with a K, and I'll be getting the website open um, and starting to get people registered for that and things like that in the next two weeks or so, but I am so excited about this, you guys. It's going to be like the most fun day ever. So the idea is it's going to be a Saturday afternoon in January. I'm narrowing down between two restaurants here in Longmont. We have um, a lot of great restaurants that are opening up that are kind of part of that whole craft food movement, small plates, farm to table kinds of stuff. And there's a couple of places that I really enjoy that I'm working with to get this set up. But the idea behind Nitnosh is this is going to be a food, wine, and yarn tasting. So it'll be a four course meal, right? So with each course, you'll get a little plate of some sort of, you know, tapas or small tasting plate of food, a two ounce taste of wine. And then I've got local fiber artists that I'm working with to line up and they will bring yarn. And during that course, you can knit with the different yarns. So I can't talk about quite all of the people that are coming to bring yarn yet, although I'm pretty excited about the progress that I'm making with a couple of them. But I do have my first sponsor lined up and I am Super excited to let you guys know that Bijou Basin Ranch, Ranch is coming to Nitnosh. So they are, if you're not familiar with them, they are from here in Colorado. They have beautiful, beautiful, beautiful yarns that are really unique. They have things like yak fiber and um, all sorts of amazing, amazing yarns. And to me... This was like playing the lottery and like winning the Powerball, that they're interested in coming to this. I talked to the um, owner, Eileen, when I was in Salida, and she was very interested. I spoke to her husband, Carl, on the phone the other day, and they were driving to a fiber festival in Oregon, but they are in, and they are excited, and that made me really feel like, oh my gosh, this is really going to be a thing that's going to happen. So I'm very excited about that Um and I would really encourage you guys to take a look at Bijou Basin Ranch. Uh, this is an in-person event that will be in Colorado, and it's, it is just kind of a lunch. So I know a lot of you guys are all over the place. Any of you who are local, message me and let's talk because I would love to have you guys come. And I'm, I'm going to start to share the details as I get the website live and things like that over the next couple of weeks. But I also have a plan for a way to incorporate... Um, the Nitnosh idea into the podcast and have some fun with you guys who are not local to Colorado. So more to come there, but I've been bursting at the seams wanting to tell you guys about this. And as the details come together, 
I will share more as I know it. But between this and the contest, which I'll get into in a minute, and all the sponsors there, I have just been just so happy with all of the connections that I'm making and all the people that I'm meeting and all of you guys and the interactions with you guys. You know, that was the reason for me to start the podcast was just to sort of make my favorite thing, which is knitting, part more part of my life and um and that's really starting to pick up speed and it just makes me happy every day. So that is Knitnosh. So now let's talk about the contest and the knit along. I'm really excited about this, you guys. About a week and a half ago, I sat down on a Sunday afternoon and I started to send out notes asking for sponsors for the Socktober uh, knit along that we're doing on the Ravelry group. And so I've already got several of you guys who are chatting along in the thread, which is awesome. And several of you have already posted your finished socks and they're all beautiful and I'm super excited about that but I reached out to a bunch of people about um, sponsoring the knit along and donating prizes and the response just made me super happy so I want to take about five minutes here and just walk through all of the folks who have generously generously offered coupon codes and giveaways and all sorts of stuff for you guys for the knit along. So these are kind of in the order in which people got back to me and they're all linked in the Ravelry group. I will link them all in the show notes. I would love it if you guys would take a look at the, um, the things that these folks have to offer and consider making a purchase for them as a thank you for, um, sponsoring the knit along, but cause they've all just been lovely. So the first thing that is, um, Offered up as a prize is Sarah from You So and So. That's E U E So and So, is donating one of her medium project bags. She makes beautiful um, fabric project bags with zippers, and she has a really cute ladybug bag that she is donating to the knit along. So, so that will be one of the prizes that'll ship directly from Sarah once I've drawn a winner from the knit along. And her stuff is great. So go check out her site. The ladybug bag is super cute and really high quality, nicely made. So I'm very excited about that one for you guys. Uh, Katie from Mint Rain is also donating a skein of yarn. And um, I was really tickled because it sounds like Katie's been listening to the podcast and that made me feel super happy. So hi, Katie. Thank you so much for your donation and your sponsorship of the Knit Along. The yarn arrived from Katie the other day, and it is gorgeous. She sent one of her self-striping holiday colorways, so it's called Christmas Bobbles. And um, what I love about this yarn is that it is a Christmas colorway without being too Christmassy. And I'm going to pause you guys for one second. I'm going to go grab a couple of things of yarn, and I'll be right back. Okay, sorry guys, I'm back. I wanted to have the yarn in my hands when I was talking to you about it. So one of the things that I really love is, although on the one hand, um, I feel like one of the things I might like to do this year is knit myself and the kids some very, very just Christmassy, like green and red yarn um, for socks. I really love holiday yarns that are not so in-your-face holiday. So I love all the Halloween yarns that you see where it's like, Maybe there are purples and greens along with the orange and black, and it kind of just breaks it up a little. So I feel like this um, this yarn from Katie is just amazing. It's 80% superwash merino, 20% nylon. It's a 400-yard 
100 gram skein of yarn. It is self-striping. And the color Christmas baubles is colors that you would picture would be like on your tree if your tree was beautiful and gorgeous. So there's a beautiful light cornflower blue, a really rosy pink, and a very, very lovely spring green. So it's not so much at your Christmas tree, but it really is like the baubles that you would put on your tree or maybe the lights on your tree. And it's a gorgeous color. There are pictures on my Instagram. There are pictures in the Ravelry group. I will make sure there is a picture in the show notes, but somebody is super lucky about getting this yarn. It's really nice, soft, soft yarn. It is machine washable, which is great. And it's got a really lovely twist to it, which I think means it's going to be a really nice, sturdy um, sock yarn that will wear really well. So I'm very excited about this. Katie's got beautiful yarns on her Etsy store. So go check them out. She did also offer us a coupon code. So that coupon code on her Etsy store, which is linked in the show notes, is Socktober. She's got great themed um, yarns. Like there are, you know, Harry Potter yarns. You can get Gryffindor or Hufflepuff or whichever house you think you are. There's all sorts of beautiful stuff like that in her shop. So Go out and take a look. She also sent me just a lovely little card and some words of encouragement about the podcast, which I thought was really charming. So thank you very much, Katie. So the next um, skein of yarn that I have in hand is from Anne and Jolaine from Two Sisters Yarn Company. So they donated, sorry for the crinkling, there's tissue paper on this one. Um, they donated a skein of their self-striping yarn so this is also um, an 80% superwash merino, 20% nylon. This is 375 yards, and the colorway is called Wine Country, and it's a beautiful set of fall colors. Again, without being so, like, in-your-face fall colors, I think it's gorgeous. So they have written down here exactly um, how this will stripe up. I would love to see it swatched. So whoever wins this, you guys are going to have to send me pictures of your socks. But it's five rows of rows two rows of salted chocolate, five rows of Chardonnay, two rows of salted chocolate, and then six rows of Cabernet. So when I look at the yarn here in the skein, there is a beautiful brown, there's a beautiful wine color, there's a yellow and a pink, and there's kind of a lighter brown. So I am dying to see what this looks like in socks, and I am so thankful to Ann and Jolaine for um, donating this to the knit along. Somebody's going to have some beautiful beautiful socks when all is done. So um, those are the prizes that I have in hand. Um, there were several other amazing sponsors that are still sending things and I will continue to talk to you guys about how um, beautiful the prizes are as they show up at my house. But Melanie from the Knit Stitch Yarn Company, which is an Etsy store, she's local here in Colorado, and she did offer you guys a coupon code for 10% off and also free domestic shipping. So that. Uh, coupon code is KNITACT10. So check out her store. She's got some gorgeous, gorgeous things. And again, she's local. I'm here in the Front Range of Colorado, so I'm trying to really promote those local fiber artists where I can. Jackie from Luna Gray Fiber Arts also um, offered up a skein of sock yarn. So it's her Celeste sock yarn in the Techno colorway. She's going to ship this directly to whoever wins this particular prize because she's got some other goodies, sock, um, stitch markers and a coupon code and some things like that that the winner of this prize is going to get. So she'll ship that directly to you guys, but oh my god, you guys, the pictures of this yarn 
It's the most beautiful, um, complex, like really deep blue color, and I am obsessed with it. So what's really going to happen here is you guys are going to get free yarn, and I'm going to end up buying a ton of yarn <laughs> from all of these great stores. But thank you very much, Jackie. Check out the pictures, guys, in the Ravelry group or on my Instagram or on the show notes because it's to die for. Um, then we have Katie from Modular Modular. So Katie is one of the people that I met in Salida at the Fiber Festival, and she has beautiful project bags. Katie actually works at Fancy Tiger Crafts. She was the one who generously gave me a 20% off coupon that is somewhere here on my desk. I better not lose it. Um, and I was teasing her about how she had access to all of the very best fabrics. So the other day when I was on her um, Ravelry group, she was still had the shop listed as on vacation while she was figuring out what inventory she had left after the Salida Fiber Fest, but go check out her store and she will be um, sending me a project bag as well. She's another person who um, hopefully maybe at some point in time will come on podcast and talk to you guys. Um, but I've made that offer to all of our great sponsors. So fingers crossed that some of them will take us up on it. And then um, Cooperative Press, like I said, is donating two of their great sock books. So those are Bigfoot Knits. Um, by Andy Smith and Sock Architecture that we just talked about by Lara Neal. So very excited about both of those books. And you guys, somebody will get um, ebook copies of each of those books. And then Ashley from Fiber Fangirl is also donating a skein of sock yarn. Ashley and I are still exchanging um, emails and addresses and things like that so she can get her yarn to me. But she's another local fiber artist and... Um, generously offered to donate a skinny yarn to somebody. So I am really thankful to all of the sponsors. I am really excited to be able to offer these prizes to you guys and just, just like filled my heart with joy. Really the response that I got, everybody was so sweet and so encouraging. So thank you all so much. And you guys get knitting those socks because you really want to have those prizes. So, um, so that's it for the contest. Um, I wanted to, gosh, I've almost gone an hour already, but I had a couple of things I wanted to tell you guys about in terms of actually distracted. I feel like, um, one of the things I've come across recently, maybe it's just the time of year that it is and they release a lot of great things. I've come across a bunch of great books. I figure if you guys listen to podcasts, then sometimes audiobooks might be the kind of thing that interests you. And I was literally like, two hours later than I thought I was going to be um, recording tonight because I was fixated on this audiobook that I was listening to and I, I couldn't put it down because it was so suspenseful. So I just thought there were a couple things that I that I really love and I would share them with you guys here today. So the first one, the one that had me all hung up before I started to record tonight, is um, The Martian. So I had heard of this because it is going to be a movie that comes out um, in the U.S. anyways, this Friday, um, and it's written by Andy Weir, and the movie has Matt Damon, um, but this book, you guys, is, like, fascinating. I will say, um, if profanity offends you at all, do not get this book, because there is profanity, like, crazy. Like, I have kind of a potty mouth, um, but I not like this book. Like this book, there's a lot of, a lot of swearing. The funny thing is, um, when the kids and I went on our road trip this summer to Lake Tahoe, first we listened to Jurassic Park on audiobook, and then we listened to The Lost World, 
And there was a, there was this more swearing than I thought was necessary. Like I kind of thought it was cheap writing because um, there was so much swearing in that book. And I even returned it to Audible because I thought this is a book that's targeted at kids and what's with the swears. But um, this book, The Martian, it's like almost worth it. Like my kids are mature enough that they know they're not supposed to repeat that language. They know that that language is inappropriate. The sciencey stuff. And this book has me completely geeking out. Like, I feel like it's almost a shame there is so much profanity because it'll never land in a school curriculum, except maybe at a college. And and every plot twist and turn that happens is another, like, science-y thing that he has to figure out. There's botany and there's chemistry and there's astrophysics. And it's fascinating and suspenseful and really good. So if you like any sort of that type of stuff, science fiction-y, you know, science-based books, Give this book a read or give this book a listen. The narration on the audiobook is really good. And so I'm enjoying that a lot. And I just wanted to recommend that to you guys because I, I think I've got five more hours to go. And I'm trying to, like, find five hours of my day so I can listen to it. And also then I have to not tell my children that I've been listening to it without them slowing down. So we're going to see the movie as well probably this weekend. And I'm super excited about that. Um, a couple of books that I have been really excited that were coming out are um, the book called After You by Jojo Moyes. Just wanted to say the, the, her, her previous book, which was called Me Before You, um, was a beautifully written book. If you're looking for a book that will make you ugly cry, this is the book for you because it was beautiful. It was sad. It was heartbreaking, but I loved it very much. I'm very excited about the sequel, which is called After You. And I had forgotten that I had pre-ordered it. It showed up on my Kindle um, in the middle of the night last night. So that was really exciting for me. And then there's one that I had started to read by Margaret Atwood. And so Margaret Atwood um, is a famous Canadian author who wrote uh, The Handmaiden's Tale and another one of my favorite books, which is called The Blind Assassin. And I read a book by her last summer called Alias Grace. She's super crazy talented. So the book that she has out now that I also got on my Kindle overnight last night was um, The Heart Goes Last. And what was really interesting about this was this started out as a series of Kindle singles. And so I, it might have even been three full years ago. Over Christmas break, I always take the week between Christmas and New Year's off to spend with the kids. And I got the flu, like the full-on flu, and I was stuck in bed. And they had all these little Kindle singles for this Positron series by Margaret um, Atwood. And I read the first three and then four sort of never came out. It was super frustrating. It was like really like a serial. So it was a cliffhanger. So um, haven't read this yet, but I loved the singles. I think that I think that the beginning of this book is going to be a repeat of some of these singles that I've already read, followed by then finally the conclusion of this Positron series. So Totally recommend that one. The last one I wanted to tell you guys about is um, Furiously Happy by Jenny Lawson. Jenny Lawson is the blogger. Um, I stumbled across her blog a couple years ago via um, my friend Jenny, who lives in Nebraska, who always has the same taste in books as me. And uh, she makes me laugh so hard that it makes me cry. Like I, the first one I ever read was the story about the giant metal chicken. Um, I would just encourage you to Google Jenny Lawson, giant metal chicken, be prepared for some swears, be prepared to 
have like beverages come out your nose and tears run down your face because it's so funny. But one of the things that's amazing about her is that, you know, she's very open with her struggles with anxiety and um, depression and things like that. Anxiety is something I think a lot of people struggle with. I know that I, I struggle with anxiety. My mother struggles with anxiety. My son struggles with anxiety. Um, and it's a great, really heartfelt perspective that you get from her to talk about those things on her blog. So have not read the book yet because I'm going to go down to the tattered cover in Denver on Saturday and buy copies for myself and some of my girlfriends from my book club. And we're going to go to a book signing. So just wanted to plug that. If anybody in the Colorado area is going to be at the book signing for this on the tattered cover, I think it's on November the 11th. And so let us know if you want to meet up. I'm dying. I'm so excited about this book. So, so that's it really for me this week. I did want to just remind you guys as always of the ways to connect with me. Um, the show notes will always be at knitactuallypodcast.com and uh, there is a Ravelry group. We really are getting some great discussions going there. Started a thread for what's on your needles. I would love to see um, what you guys are knitting and what you guys have going on. And I've been trying to post pictures of my stuff as I work on it. I am getting ready to cast on a million zillion things from all these beautiful books. So keep your eyes peeled there for that kind of stuff. And you can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram as at knit actually podcast. So um, the other thing I wanted to extend a thank you, I had put out a plea last time for iTunes reviews and Elise and Ramona um, both put out lovely iTunes reviews. Um, and so I wanted to express my appreciation to both of you guys. You guys are such great listeners and I can always count on you to post in the Ravelry group and post in the Instagram thread. And sometimes when I think about like, you know, as this continues and, and the lo- the better I get at it and the longer I'm doing it, I think of you guys as you guys would be the ones where I'm like, remember at the beginning. So anyway, thank you both very much for doing that. If anybody else is interested in doing an iTunes review for me, that will just help more people find the podcast, um, which would be terrific. So thank you all very much for listening and for hanging out. I've been rambling on for a very long time now. And so I hope you enjoyed it. And I will talk to you very, very soon.